Hey everyone, it's your girl Kranali, and you're listening to Hustle and Heart, a podcast designed to help you stay woke and live your best life. On this podcast, I interview tons of experts in a variety of fields, from wellness and beauty to entrepreneurship and human optimization. I do the research and get the insider scoop about all things trending for self-growth. If you find this podcast to be helpful and a good time, please remember to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And if you love what you hear, please leave me a rating and a review. Now that we've met, I'd love to stay connected. You can find me on Instagram at K-R-E-N-A-R-E-A-L-I. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to spread the love and the wisdom using the hashtag Krenali. I can't wait to take you on this journey with me. It's going to be lit. Now let's get into this week's episode. Guys, it's back to school time, and whether you're a student, a teacher, or an entrepreneur, if you're anything like me and like to stay organized, and you're still looking for that best planner, let me tell you, I found the one. The self-journal really has it all. It lets you track important appointments and even personal milestones. If you visit bestself.co, you can get your self-journal with an exclusive discount. Use code CREN15 at checkout for 15% off and start living your best life. Okay, now for real, let's get into the episode. Today on the show, we have Fiona Zanelli, who is a holistic nutritionist. Today we're going to be discussing diet myths and all of perhaps the lies or the truths or the half-truths that you might have heard about different diets you've tried or different diets uh, others you know have tried and basically get to the core of what is a healthy diet that will help you lose weight and the difference between all of them. So with that said, and without further ado, let's invite Fiona Zanelli. Thanks for being here, Karen. Hi, Karen. Thank you for having hey. me here. I'm really happy to be here. It's exciting. I'm so excited. Okay. Let's get into it. So... Before we were on the mic, we were just talking about keto and keto bandwagoners and basically the hype over this diet. Now, it was funny because we are basically saying, you know, you're having your bulletproof coffee with tons of butter in the morning and you're having like 14 grams of fat and somehow people are super lean. What is the hype with keto? So I feel like with keto, there's obviously there's been amazing results. But I feel like the biggest misconception is that there's something magical in choosing a ketogenic diet. The main thing about keto is getting your body into ketosis. But the main, the one problem with that is that you're not always in ketosis just because you're on the keto diet, bringing down your carbs and upping your fats. The main thing, the magical results you're seeing is all because these people are suddenly in a caloric restriction. Right. There's people that are used to eating 3,000, 5,000 calories a day whether they're emotional eaters or just food addicts, whatever they are, you're consuming all these calories and suddenly you switch to this diet where it's a little bit more controlled, you're bringing down the carbs. So your body, that's enough to shock the body to start having results. And I think a big part of that too is, I think we underestimate the amount of calories we intake. Yeah. And when you tell someone, you know, you might be having Subway for lunch and 
choosing even, even quote-unquote healthier options like Panera Bread, mm-hmm. not realizing you're still eating probably up to close to 3,000 calories a day. And you're not even burning nearly half that. So you're making all these changes, you're introducing healthier alternatives, you're suddenly this like new health freak, but you're not seeing any results. And it comes down to the fact that, one, you're not properly tracking how much you're eating, and two, you don't even know how much you're burning in the gym. So you're kind of left wondering, what am I doing wrong? So you start, I don't know, a lot of people will get on something and then it's not working out. They don't see the results. And then they start binging and eating again, which is the biggest problem, I think, with people gaining fat. There's no magical um, diet. There's no magical diet. Whether you choose paleo, keto, vegan, whatever it is. You'll find ripped people and overweight people in all of those different categories. There's overweight vegans and there's overweight people on keto. Definitely. You know what I mean? So it doesn't matter what you choose. There is no magical solution Yeah. apart from a calorie deficit. A calorie deficit. And I feel like even with that, we kind of, there's a lot of misconceptions too, where we look at something like a 1200 calorie diet is something that's way too low for everybody. We just assume that it's so unhealthy. But as we were saying earlier, a sedentary woman who needs to lose, I don't know, 200 pounds, 50 pounds, whatever it is, has literally in a way no right to be consuming all these calories that she is not burning. If she is maybe just burning 500 calories that day. Right. And then she's kind of left, you know, with just feeling lost because she's getting nowhere. So I feel like in a way, the number one thing, we'll probably get into that. Number one is to switch to a fasting focused lifestyle. And that's where basically your body, you shift your, your bodily hormones to start burning the fat for you. So if you can start kind of letting go of the addictions to food and alcohol and all these things that basically got you in this mess in the first place with being overweight or having some type of disease or whatever it is. Unhealthy habits. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like fasting kind of lets you let go of all that. Yeah, so what would be, for the wide range of audience members we have, what would be the difference between what's more popular and trending right now, which is intermittent fasting, Mm -hmm. as opposed to prolonged fasting or what you're sort of saying is a better solution for weight loss. So intermittent fasting is really great because you're eating within a time-restricted type of... Right, time frame. Yeah, yeah, time frame. So basically, you can start off with a 16-hour fast. Anybody that's new to fasting, which I feel like is the easiest way, um, you'd have an eight-hour eating window. So say you, you have your first meal at 12, And then you can eat throughout the day, whatever your caloric deficit is. I don't know whether you're on 1,500 calories, whatever it is. Everybody's different. So you're going to eat within that eight hours. After that, you don't eat till the next day at 12 o'clock. This is really great, especially because I feel like people that are into the gym and eating right and everything like that, there was this whole six meals a day thing. And even that is very problematic, even if you're eating really healthy, because you're not allowing your body... To digest. For once, yeah, to digest and to give it a break. It's constantly working. You right. don't have a chance to shift your body into a fat-burning state because there is something called hormone-sensitive lipase. Until that, like, if your hormone-sensitive lipase is, like, low, like, it's decreased, you're going to have higher insulin levels. So you want to switch that up. You want to have the most uh, fat-burning happening at this site of HSL. Insulin levels low, becoming insulin-sensitive, 
that right there is the magic to burning fat. It has absolutely nothing to do with how much fat you're eating on the keto diet or that that fat is coming from avocados or almonds. The body does not give a single... Can I swear? You can swear. The body doesn't give a shit. (laughs) Until you're in that fat burning mode, you're not going to be burning fat. doesn't matter how hard you try. Constantly eating, which raises your insulin levels, that alone is the resistance from you being able to burn the fat. That is your body not allowing you to burn it now because you're constantly feeding it. So when you have a break from food, a break from consumption, that is when you're ultimately burning the most fat. Perfect. Okay, so let's break it down just so our audience can have a more concrete example that they can use as reference. Mm -hmm. So let's say you have a woman maybe in her 30s, 40s, um, has an office job perhaps, is trying to lose some weight. How would they pursue prolonged fasting? Like what would be their first steps? Okay, because this is the thing, like it all comes down to the discipline and willpower you have as well because I didn't start with prolonged fasting. But I also don't have a ton of weight to lose. So for me, it isn't that extreme. But when you have more to lose, the number one thing would be the prolonged fasting. Like if she's jumping right into that, not easing into it. Hey, I'm tired of my lifestyle. I'm going to do whatever I need to do to lose the weight. Let's get into this extreme fasting focused lifestyle. Prolonged fasting, the number one thing, you cut everything out. It's basically going cold turkey. You have salt water, which comes from the snake diet wizard, Cole Robinson where he has you basically drinking salt water all day. It's Himalayan salt, baking soda, and uh, the no salt that you pour in there too. That's the salt alternative, right? Yeah, Yeah. that's the salt alternative. And that is what basically replenishes your electrolytes throughout the day so you're not feeling dead. So for a woman like that, she's like, she's at her desk job. Um, She's probably, is she into the gym yet or no? Let's say she, she doesn't go as often. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I would say I would start off with just fasting where basically she's going to be consuming nothing but that salt water. I would do that for three days because at that point she's going to adapt to literally not eating and get rid of those addictions. And by the time that she does eat her little meal, which will be something super low calorie, she is not going to be starving for it. Right. And this fasting, and then she's going to repeat that cycle because she will be losing so much weight just from not consuming and she's cutting out her addictions too because these people are all addicted to something. Definitely. You're, you know, she, it, office Sugar, job. coffee. Yeah. Whatever it may be. That pick me up. The pick me you up. You start to like not rely on it anymore because you have nothing to rely on. You're not relying on any external source of anything to give you energy. Right. It's just the salt water, which is basically the same thing as having an IV. Like it's just salt water. To replenish the electrolytes. electrolytes. You're not feeling, so you're not feeling dead. That's what's going to keep that type of woman going. Right. There's a lot of information out there, and a lot of people are under the impression that, oh, well, something like that is definitely not healthy. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, if you're uh, a man who weighs maybe like 180 pounds, you have to be having maybe closer or above 2,000 calories. Uh, If you're a woman with a maybe smaller figure, maybe like 1,200 is enough for you. Um, Like, how do you get past that sort of believing that something like this is also healthy? Right. Um, We live in a society where we're always relying on something else to help us. If it's not pharmaceuticals and we think, okay, like like we were saying, it's going to, keto is what's been missing in my life. This is why I'm not in shape. This is what it's going to do My dream body. I'm going to finally, yeah, this is my dream body. This is what I have to do. 
But I feel like we've gotten, we've got become so obsessed with these other things that if we look back into the ancient days, like that was such a minimalist lifestyle. Right. And I feel like now we want everything. We need to be over the top for every little thing. We need to be consuming, 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 even if it's not just food, then it's our shopping. It's, it's all this stuff that we rely on. It's right. all this stuff. And I feel like going to the extreme opposite of that, I feel like that is what we need because... The extreme opposite of consumerism. Yeah, of consumerism. And I feel like even with fasting, like, because back in the day, like, fasting has been around since the beginning of time for healing. Like, our ancestors were eating a meal a week, two meals a week. These people, imagine where we would have been if they couldn't do the things that they had to do because they don't have as much food. We have no energy for something. We're like, okay, well, I need to go and get a coffee and a donut right now to do this. Right. Do you think our ancestors had that? Right. And they were stronger. And you know what I'm saying? That's a really strong point. For some reason, we almost twist history in the sense that, well, you know, there was a lack of food. And, you know, they they had to go and find their own food and hunt their own food. And even the amount of food they were eating, it was much less, but it was enough. Yeah. They didn't have to be eating these big feasts for breakfast, lunch, and dinner adding in snacks, adding in their Starbucks, adding in their Tim Hortons mm-hmm. there, uh, whatever they need to get throughout the day. Mm-hmm. All this extra stuff, like I'm just going to call it all stuff because it's it's something we don't really need. It's just there. Like you don't need to be eating three meals a day, for example. You don't need to. Right. You can if you want. Like you're going to live, you're going to be happy, all those great things. Right. But you don't need it. And for a woman, like we were talking about the sedentary woman with the office job, she definitely doesn't need that. Her problem is she needs to get rid of all that, that whole idea right. that, okay, I need to be consuming 130 grams of fat today. I'm going to have my 400 calorie uh, buttery coffee in the morning. Like, no, you don't need that. Right. You're making it harder for yourself when you can just not consume anything. And the greatest thing about fasting is, in a way, it does give you more mental clarity and focus. So you can even become a bit better at your job. Wow. Okay. Because of the autophagy effects. Because right. that's basically destroying old cells and creating new ones. And that happens when we're in a fasting state. It doesn't happen when we're consuming and raising our insulin levels. Our right. blood glucose levels. Like, it all comes down to... Yeah, get into that a bit. Let's... Yeah. So, basically, there's absolutely no way in any human body we're talking about that when your insulin levels are, are rising, when you have increased insulin levels... There is no fat burning that can happen in that moment. Mm. Anytime you're feeding your body like that, anytime you're feeding, in your feeding state, let's call it, okay. you're raising your insulin levels at that point. And people that are not even eating in a time-restricted uh, window, window, they're eating from 7 a.m. till 12 midnight, they are never in a fat-burning state, ever. And another interesting thing to add is that you don't have to be diabetic to be insulin-resistant. You don't have to be diabetic. It's all lifestyle at this point because now we're consuming so much. Our insulin levels have risen, have spiked, spiked, and that leads to uh, poor nutrient absorption. Um, it, re- it leads to brain fog. We have all these addictions, weight gain, everything, and that comes from the fact that we're eating like pigs. Right. <laughs> we're exactly. eating like assholes. Exactly. And it's, it's that it's insulin because the main thing in any diet that you choose, if you love paleo, if you love keto, if you love vegan, whatever it is, the main thing is to become insulin sensitive because we we don't want those insulin spikes all day. Right, exactly. You know what I'm trying to say? And so prolonged fasting, let's go back to the examples we were using. Now, if this person was to begin the three-day 
prolonged fasting phase. That's the prolonged. The prolonged. Yeah. Let's say in a month's time, how many days a week should they be doing this? Should they be doing this three days a week? Until they reach their goal. Until they reach their goal. It's a repeated cycle because it's so useless to be doing all that fasting. And especially when it's your first time, you're in a state of suffering. Yeah. Just to do the three days and then eat. Yeah. Overeat for like. You just did it for no reason. So like, you know, you have all this time to yourself. You have all these. You're alone with yourself. You're right. not relying on anything else anymore. It's mm-hmm. just you, which is the hardest thing. And I feel like a lot of people don't want to confront that. Right. And I feel like that alone is an emotional issue, which is for a lot of people that are emotional Definitely. eaters. We're always relying it's, on something to help us craving escape. a distraction. Craving a distraction. This makes you deal with it. This is why it's actually even one of the best ways to quit an addiction to smoking. It's just going cold turkey. Right. You just, you just deal with it. Right. You just deal with the thing. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. So, yeah, to answer your question, it's not just, oh, I did the three-day fast. I'm amazing. I'm so great. Now I deserve to go to Mandarin and have a feast. <laughs> right. No, this is the part where it gets... No, this is your lifestyle. This, this is, is the life now. You're training your body for the and body you And you have to have specific calories that you're following. Everybody's going to be a little different. I mean, for the sedentary woman, it's going to be kind of similar where it's going to be like 500 calories, maybe lower. Okay. And, and you don't need any more. That's the thing. Right. And what would it be for someone, let's say, a woman who's aspiring to be a, to build muscle or be a bodybuilder? That would be... Or perhaps not be a bodybuilder, but they're sort of on that path where they're working out much more. Uh, they have a good sense of the figure that they want to achieve. How so would that work for, for them? Building, so that we have the two almost opposites. Right. For building, you are going to be in a caloric surplus. Like, you are going to be eating more to support the muscle, but you still will be fasting. Okay. You're just eating within a time-restricted um, So what would that look like? So basically a woman that's like already pretty fit and trying to get, be a right, bodybuilder, exactly. she would be on a good high-protein diet, moderate carbs, probably a low-fat diet. Okay. Yeah. And then how, the prolonged fasting, would it be the same? For the prolonged fasting in your meal that you do have that day, you, te- you do want to still have it. It's not keto, but it is low-carb. You want to keep the carbs as low as possible when you're trying to burn fat. Okay. Yeah. So let's say she woke up, you know, she's going with this prolonged fasting in her day. What would her meal look like? So, or those calories, um, I know it's very general. We can't give specific numbers because those have to be calculated. But what would her day of a prolonged fast and food look like? It would be basically a protein and a veggie. She would just be eating more of it than the other person. Okay. There's no difference in food. You can choose whatever you want. If you want to eat turkey or if you want to eat steak or you want to have an egg or whatever protein source you want. But basically what you want is it. you just want to be as low fat as possible. Right. And, and low it, carb. And when would she be eating? She would choose her or time, whatever time and... works for her. Because there's some people, like the beauty about fasting is like if you're not a morning person, like you can go all day and not eat until like four or like four or six or eight p.m she can choose to have it at any time okay i would say the best thing would be to have it in the morning just because I, like personally for me i feel like it affects my performance better than eating throughout your day okay. yeah i need to like start my day but then there's people that you have to force them to eat in the morning like right. they, they like to eat in the evening mm-hmm. that is totally up to you and that's the beauty of it because you're still giving your body the same amount of time to fast so you're still having the 24 Perfect. hours so you're a registered holistic nutritionist. Yes. What are some of the most common misconceptions people have about just holistic nutrition in general? Mm-hmm. So I feel like in Western society, we're all so accustomed to, hey, 
I have a cold today. I need to stop coughing and sneezing, so I want to deal with the symptom really fast. Yeah. So I'm going to go and buy some some Tylenol or cleared in or coughing. Right. And it helped me, so this is the best thing in the world for... Now you're going to tell other people, hey, when you have a cold, you're going to go buy this stuff. Right. But that cold keeps resurfacing. And we're never dealing with the root cause. And with holistic health, that is what we deal with. Like, for example, in practice, we have our forms where basically we have a list of all these symptoms. By the time you're done filling it out by a score, so number one is this occurs, this never occurs to me, barely. And then number three, this happens to me often. It could be like headaches or bad breath. Migraine, whatever. Migraine. Um, And then there's... Uh, I have to calculate it, and it basically will tell me which systems are the most out of balance. So instead of being so focused on your pain or your headache, I'm trying to see what the root cause is. What is causing this this headache in the beginning? Right. And I, I focus on that because a lot of it is tied to your digestive health, your gut health, and lack right. of nutrients. Right. It, just eating a diet that's so full of processed foods and void of nutrients. Right. So we want to start pumping the body with nutrients again right. and just... I feel like a lot of it has to do with first not adding anything more to your body, but taking away all the things that are robbing you of your health. Right. Why are you so low in B12? Why are your insulin levels so high? Or, you know what I'm saying? Right. And I feel like, too, a lot of people will, despite maybe not wanting to take a pharmaceutical drug in order to get rid of the initial symptom that services, many of them won't fix their diet, but they'll look to things like acupuncture mm-hmm. or maybe more Eastern medicines, but they're still not fixing the diet. Mm-hmm which in the majority of cases is the number one thing that matters. And I feel like that's the thing that is not a popular perspective in Western society. Right. Like you can go to a spiritual healer. You can go and seek out Eastern medicine. You can go to an acupuncturist. But if you're not fixing your food, Mm -hmm. you're not going to really see change. For example, hey, well, I'm, I'm becoming a better person. Look, I've changed my whole routine. I'm working out at five in the morning and I'm eating salads, but um, I have negative self-talk. Right. You exactly. know, like it's not a popular a thing example. to look at that. Like people are just so used to being in their thoughts that even that has a toll on your health because those thoughts can manifest physically. Physically, exactly. Yeah. Right. And there's a lot of research on that in which people don't realize that what they hear and what they say, even if they're joking, the negative self-talk is sort of said sarcastically. Your brain literally does not know the difference mm-hmm. or physically does not know the difference. And it'll take in that information as if it's still a put down. Yeah. And that's your subconscious mind holds more weight. So that's why you have to be extra careful because it's things that you don't even realize. Like when you said you, it doesn't know the difference between real and fake. So if you could give one piece of advice to someone who doesn't know a lot about holistic nutrition. Okay, Okay, let's say I'm having a bunch of allergies and I don't know what it is. And I have all this brain fog and I have so much fatigue and nothing's working out for me. I don't know what's wrong, what's causing it in my diet. So we're going to start eliminating certain groups of things that we, that might be the culprit. Um, The number one thing I think would be, especially for a case like that, before you're even looking into what you're eliminating, it's tying back to your gut health. The fact that Mm -hmm. you have more bad bacteria than good, and that is what contributes to allergies in the first place. Bad gut bacteria, which actually, if you're a pregnant mother, for example, who has like, uh, let's say gut issues, that will be passed down to her kid. Wow. So those allergies, like before you even have like the most ideal thing, 
before you get pregnant, like if it's planned, is to be on a diet for six months to work through all those issues because they will be passed down to your kid. That is the number one thing for allergies. It is tied to your gut health. And realistically, I mean, your gut health is very much so tied to your brain health as well, right? It's, it's known as your second brain, basically, because it's all about that bacteria. Like right. having probiotics, um, even pre prebiotics to feed that bacteria, that is the number one thing. That is what keeps your immune system healthy, your entire digestive system, your colon health. You want to make sure that you're detoxing, that your liver is detoxifying properly because then you have a buildup of all these toxins. They enter the bloodstream. There you go. Allergies, disease, all of this stuff. Manifests, it, right? it manifests. And that is from that, that gut health. And, and just for the audience, growth. how would we explain the difference between prebiotics and probiotics? So prebiotics is what feeds the bacteria. Um, you can find that in something like, um, like a banana, um, okay. kiwis. Um, and then the probiotics, that's what you find more in, um, fermented, fermented. Okay. Yeah. Right. That is, that's basically it. Great. Yeah. Okay. And for someone who has known about it for a while and is like, you know what? I really want to make sure I have a really healthy gut because it's so important. Mm -hmm. What would be some steps they can take to incorporating into their diet to help heal their gut mm -hmm. to heal the gut? So it's going to be different for a lot of people, but I feel like the main thing would be to include more fermented items into your diet. So miso, um, kimchi, yogurt, it has to be organic yogurt though, because if there's sugar, anything with sugar is basically compromising your immune system and it's garbage because that bad bacteria thrives on the sugar. So you want to make sure it's organic if you're going to have it at all. It's not those like ones mixed with like fruits and like fructose and like all that garbage. Even like there's even ways to like ferment things yourself like you can do um, beans you put them in a jar You fill it up with water you add some salt you let it sit there for like two weeks And then that that right there the lactic acid that you get from that is what also supports the digestive system And you can do that on your own Perf and basically if they want to see change It's a permanent lifestyle. Yes that they're shifting to yes because we want to get away from like we were saying earlier consumerism and like always relying on the next fad diet and it's just about Number one, yes, be conscious of what you're putting into your body and maybe just getting rid of all the things that you're relying on. Maybe that is the key to your, you know, achieving your ideal body. Right. You know, instead of being so stressed and anxious over, oh my God, which one should I do? Should I do paleo? I heard good, good things about that. Should I do keto? It's the, it's the greatest thing right now. Should I go vegan? Do I need to cut out meat to be healthy? No. It's just about not relying on all these other things to give you the ideal, your ideal, ideal self. Right. And you were, you were vegan for a while. I was vegan for a year. For a year. And I mean, tell us more about that. What do you think about veganism? And there's a lot of different opinions on it from the perspective of a holistic nutritionist. Because now you've started incorporating some meats to your diet. I started, yeah. I did. I went from vegan. I was vegan for a year and then I was vegetarian for a really long time. And then I, uh, th I went vegetarian because I was low in B12. I can't say that was because of the vegan diet because I never got my blood tested before I became vegan. So I could have had that problem because I do have women in my family that are deficient or like low in B12. Okay. Um, but yeah, then I started adding um, seafood to my diet. And then now um, because I'm bringing carbs down and becoming more like fasting focused, I had no choice but to start incorporating right. more meat because... I wasn't eating just white fish. I was eating salmon, which is high in fat. It was kind of like keeping me from achieving my ideal body in the time that I wanted to achieve it. The vegan diet is really great. If you're going to choose a vegan diet and it comes from ethics, totally understandable. If you're doing it to become a healthier human being, 
it is not the number one magical diet to follow for right. any type of reason. Which is a common misconception. Because a lot of people think that, you know, and maybe it has in some cases reversed uh, diabetes or the or symptoms of it or... Or certain diseases. Yeah, or... that it can reverse it. But at the end of the day, you're consuming so many carbs, which is basically like sugar. Right. It's all carbs and it's hard. I mean, you do get your protein, but you're getting less of it because if you're choosing bean as like your main protein, that comes with carbs and it, it comes with fat. It's not a pure protein source, which is really hard to get in a vegan diet. If you're going to do a vegan diet, you have to make sure that you have your omega-3s in check, the DHA, all of that, because you're not... There's only so much flax seeds and nuts that you can eat than just having a, a source and having a piece of fish where you get all that your needs met. Right. You know what I'm saying? You have to go into it intelligently. Make sure you get your blood tested first is what I would say to see if you have any like nutrient deficiencies coming into it. Because if you're already low in B12 and now you're, you're not even eating sufficient protein, like if you're not on top of that right. and going for good quality sources of that protein, you're going to just become sicker when you think that you're becoming healthier. Right. And in most cases, it's, correct me if I'm wrong, is it safe to say that as long as you're intaking free range, GMO free, organic meat, mm-hmm. you should be okay to have that in your diet? Meats? Right. Yes. I would, if you're going to have meats in your diet, I would say it should all be antibiotic and hormone free for everybody. Okay. Because it's the processed stuff that's getting us into all this mess in the first place and why we're running to the hospital every week. You should make your diet as organic as possible because our food supply nowadays, when you're eating an orange, for example, or a tomato or whatever type of vegetable, strawberry that you think you're getting all this vitamin C, whatever, we're actually getting like maybe 50% less than what we should be getting or what we think we're getting when we eat that fruit. It's it's sprayed. There's chemicals. Right. It's different to eat a tomato here than it is to eat it in Italy. Correct. Where they right. it's grown. Like it's gonna right. taste like a totally different vegetable. Yeah. Fruit. Right. You're like you're not gonna know. No, this is amazing information. Thank you so much. So, just to wrap it up, give us a quick summary of the takeaway. The main thing is stop stressing over which diet to choose. Look at what your goals are. If you're trying to burn fat bring down carbs, become more of a minimalist, stop relying on external sources to bring you to your ideal state, rely on yourself, follow your intuition. If you don't feel like eating that much that day, you don't need to be forcing 1500 calories of food every single day. Yeah, just cut the habits. Just cut it. Just literally sit with yourself for three days without consuming any food. Just water. You want to add some salts to it. The Himalayan salts, the no salt, a teaspoon of that. And the uh, baking soda to clear yeah, up the Yeah, and I think, the, I mean, the biggest struggle is most likely going to be, again, being alone with yourself and having those thoughts and, and having those, the stressors come up, which then make your body and your mind want to react and want to go for that coffee or that Starbucks or the junk food or the fast food. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't have the discipline, training your mind to be able to know that that's the only way out of it. Yeah. Is I to think avoid it. even that too, like what you just said, it could be used, you know, like when you're like getting real with yourself, when it's just you, you can ask yourself, what am I doing this for anyways? Like, what are you going to the gym for? What do you want to diet for? What is it? Because honestly, there's going to be some emotional reason. For it. There's right. something like, like there's people that are bodybuilders that are, there's some that are like extremely happy people. And then there's some that are so miserable and they're just like, they think that they're going to, they're going to find their answer through bodybuilding when it's not right. that, or you know what I'm saying? Not just, or they might have anything. this, you know, what I, what I've seen recently is you have like this great figure 
and you're working so hard on the outside, not even looking on the inside yes. and wanting to face what's going on internally. Yes. Because like in a way, you could be using this to escape your problems too. And I feel like with the fasting-focused lifestyle, you just get more of your answers. Because you're forced to face. You're forced to face it. So like I can't hide behind lifting weights anymore because now I have to really focus with why I hate myself or uh, what I hate about my life or what, what I'm stuck on or my anxieties. Or my traumas or my current, I mean, like, what are you I'm doing in, my relationships, it all for? My job, my career. Yes. What are you doing it all for? Like what do you want? You want to burn fat to feel good and be healthy? Do it. Um, are you depressed and you're trying to find a way out? Face it. You got to face it. Right. And I feel like that's the number one thing. You need to be. You need to force yourself to becoming more conscious in, of conscious. your decisions that you're making and what, what you're intaking and why you're really intaking it. Yeah. Why? Why? Why do I need a coffee right when I wake up? Why don't I have that energy right. alone when I should... Why do I need a donut by 3 p.m., for example? Right. Why do I need that? Right. Why do I rely so much on this thing that's, in a way, kind of contributing to my problems? Right, Increasing exactly. my anxiety, like, taking away, stripping me of my nutrients in my body. Why do I need that? Definitely. So, at the end of the day, I think it's just about becoming more minimalist and just being real with yourself. For sure. No, this was really insightful. Um, so... Thank you so much, first of all. Thank you so on. much for having me here. I hope here. you enjoyed it. Love the vibe. Perfect. And for people who want to follow you and want to learn more, give us your I have a Instagram. website. Yeah, what's your website, website? and your Instagram handle? My website is HigherSelfNutrition.com. That okay. is my business name, Higher Self Nutrition. And you can follow me on Instagram at underscore Fiona Zanelli. Perfect. That's awesome. So everyone... You heard the deets. Please go and follow Fiona Zanelli on Instagram. Check out our website. Reach out if you're interested in learning more. And if you really like this episode and want future episodes to be similar, please comment, like, subscribe. And we look forward to hearing you and connecting in the next episode. This is Kren. Make sure you stay woke. Bye now.